Hey babes, welcome to Align by Design. I am Amy Elizabeth and together with Liz Coyles, we are Align by Design. We are bringing you human design in a way you've never experienced it before. We take you through the unsexy process of alignment so that you can tap into another level of sexy you didn't even know existed yet. All by becoming the most authentic you. We desire each of you to own your power so that you can fully experience the flow, the ease, the integrity, and the undeniable magnetism and sexiness that alignment brings so that you can create the impact your soul really desires and the income that's abundantly available to you. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome back to Align by Design. It is Liz Coyles and today I am joined by Amber Romaniak, who is an emotional eating, digestive and hormone expert. So welcome to the podcast, Amber. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm super excited to be with you today. Yes, I'm very excited to to chat with you today because, well, first of all, you're a manifester. So Amber is a three, six splenic manifester. So, you know, as a, as a manifester, you make up about eight or 9% of the population. Mm -hmm. So you're a rare breed in yourself, but also you've had a really incredible journey to get to where you are today. So I'm really looking forward to kind of diving into that and all that you've learned as a, as a three, six profile, you the school of life is your greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that journey has been for you. Cause definitely for the first 30 years of your life, it would have been a, a roller coaster ride. So let's just start. Why don't you tell everybody um, about what you, what you do? Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And I, that's been one so fascinating thing about discovering the manifester is I could never figure out why I always felt different and I know that that's like a key thing, but I'm just like, I just feel different than everyone else. Why do I feel so different than everyone else? So the journey, I think, and, and tapping into that manifestor piece is just like, oh, that's why. So I help women who are struggling with emotional eating, food addiction, binge eating, binging and purging, like real self-sabotage with food. And I help them understand where that comes from. So the unworthiness, the conditioning we've all received from a young age, from our parents, from our environment, from the television, you know, magazines, what we've read, the, the people we've been around that maybe bullied us or said things to us. And I help them understand where it all started. And I help them to overcome fully the self-sabotage of food by learning how to build their self-worth and love themselves and fill the void that they've been trying to fill with food. And as we go along on this journey, of course, there's other elements that are addressed, like working on the mindset and catching that ego or that, you know, negative self-talk that's constantly pushing them to people please or perfectionism, the need to prove, you know, addressing gut issues, because with all of the overeating and diets and restriction, there's a lot of inflammation, a lot of food sensitivities, gut flora imbalances. So really helping them to balance digestion and hormones is another big piece um, so dealing with adrenal fatigue and cortisol issues and underactive thyroids and a lot of women who have low progesterone and can't get pregnant, um, their cycles are irregular, they're struggling with menopause. Um, and so that's a huge piece. And so um, being able to, you know, walk them through this and gain this freedom is so beautiful because what they discover, not only the self-love is a huge gift but they discover their intuition. Mm. They discover like this more soul level part of them that has been suppressed or maybe that they've been afraid to step into and really embody and learn about. 
because they're all empaths, right? They feel everything, hence why they're shoving, you know, things down with food. So it's so beautiful to see them step into embracing their intuition and their unique gifts on that level and learning how to manage their energy and have a beautiful hygiene routine where they can clear it and understand how to um, feel safe feeling, but that they don't have to take on other stuff, et cetera. So it's so beautiful to walk them through like the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual planes of this journey and just be so fulfilled and so in their power to live, live their best life. That's incredible. And what an absolutely fulfilling role for you too, to be able to not only have gone through that journey yourself, but to be able to really lead women through that and empower them and bring them back to a place of loving themselves, right? At the root of it, all that comes is really honoring, as you said, getting back in touch with your intuition. But part of that is really just honoring yourself and loving yourself and letting yourself move with that part of your being. And What's fascinating me about this is because in human design, we all have different types of energy, right? So mm. when we talk about the, let's talk about the sacral, for example. So as a manifester, you have an undefined sacral. So the biggest journey or, or, or lesson that you're trying to achieve with an undefined sacral is knowing when enough is enough. And mm. that's not just energetically, like, ah, I'm working too hard. I need to slow down. That's with food. You know, I talk to yeah. people, not necessarily with disorders, but people who, you know, maybe around Halloween time and their kids have a bunch of Halloween candy in the house and they don't have a defined sacral. They're like, ah, I can't stop eating it. I need to get this out of my house. But it's also fascinating then to think about it because there are people with defined sacrals who have that part of their being that definitely know there is something in them that's saying enough is enough, yet they are still suppressing that part of their being and, and going on and, and binging and ignoring that part of their being. So I imagine you get so many different types of people with so many different backgrounds and, and different struggles when it comes to not being able to, to stop. Oh yeah. It's, it's so interesting to see like the different levels of like thoughts and beliefs and behaviors and experiences. And, and like I said, conditioning, and not only that, but looking then at lineage and how many lifetimes, like this was me, how many lifetimes of lack and hoarding, and there's never enough you know, five generations going back, you know, to the late 1800s that, you know, was inherited. And, you know, when you look at those kinds of things, and then even past life, like clearing, like, so many past lives of like, restriction, you know, being a starving prisoner, like not having food, only eating once a week, like, it's so fascinating, how, you know, these pieces of us come in and, you know, are we here to heal it this time around in this lifetime maybe this is the time so it's so interesting to see what people come in with and you know women who've been struggling some for a year some for you know decades who are just like I'm done I've tried everything I don't know why I can't overcome this but usually the block is the quick fix they're often um just going on another diet, right? Trying to cut calories. I need to just follow this meal plan and have more willpower, um, not addressing the root issues, which of course is the unworthiness, the the fear of really fully connecting with their light, right? And stepping fully into themselves. Um, the wiring and the patterning in the brain, the neural pathways that are created by constantly repeating the same pattern over and over. So for a lot of my clients, eating or overeating in the evening is very common because they have flown through their day. They're overwhelmed. They've had so much on their plate. They're people pleasing. They're, you know, in that realm of overgiving. And so they finally get to the evening and they crash. They're exhausted. 
and they just want that escape or that numbing or the distraction. So then they, of course, go to the food and go to bed full and just repeat the cycle again the next day. So yes, lots of different avenues that are fueling this, this behavior that about 90% of the female population is or has struggled with. Yeah. And it's amazing when you talk about um, generations and generations and past lives, because we're really talking about trauma on a, mm-hmm. on a DNA level, right? So I can imagine how confusing that would be for some people of like, why is this happening to me and what's going on and why can't I stop this? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, given the, that maybe the experience, is there, is there a similar place that people get to when they hit that wall that they're like, okay, I need help? Like, is there, is there kind of a consistency in that given that there's so many different types of patients and, and mm-hmm. you know, issues that they're dealing with? Definitely. And so I find for me where people really are at is there's just, it's like the, the fear of the unknown of changing gets smaller than the suffering. So the suffering overtakes the fear of like, Oh, what would happen if I go on this journey? What if I fail? And so the suffering honestly usually looks like, wow, I don't want to end up like my sibling or my parent who, you know, went down this path and ended up really sick or, you know, this fueled their death. I, I don't want to not be able to be here with my grandkids. I don't want to, um, or I notice, wow, like, I feel like a fraud. I'm running this business and I'm supposed to be like health, wellness, or being this empowered woman. And I am behind the scenes, like binging every night and so ashamed of my body. And I know that's blocking my ability to manifest the aligned client, the abundance, the growth, whatever it is that they're seeking. And so it's at this point, having such a significant negative impact on every area of their life including of course their physical mental emotional and spiritual health and well-being that it's just like something within them goes I don't know what this path is going to look like but I've got to I've got to explore this because they're just so drained and depleted right Mm -hmm. so that's I find the point that most of them get to um and not that that's the best motivator but sometimes we need almost need that rock bottom moment to really you know push us into a different direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what was, what was your personal journey? Like, like, was this something that you struggled with your entire life or, or was there kind of a moment that kind of shifted it for you or, or turned you into a spiral or what did your journey look like? Yeah. So unconsciously, I definitely struggled with binge eating, like all growing up. I just didn't realize I was doing it because I lived in an environment where any food I wanted was readily available. There was never any kind of like portion size or anything. My mom struggled with food addiction and still does to this day. And so just being around her, seeing her eating whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted, I just thought it was normal. Um, And I think it was a way for her to compensate because before I was born, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So there's just certain things we couldn't do together. So for her, I think that guilt led to, we'll eat every time we do something together just to like bring in the joy. And then it got very intensive in my early 20s. Um, And so I went through a breakup. I was very upset about it, wanted the revenge body and to like look perfect. I'm like, maybe I'll finally get this perfect body that I've always wanted. Um, Really struggled to eat because I was just so upset. And I just decided to start over exercising, lost weight really fast. Of course, was not happy with the body. My cycle was disappearing. I just became so critical. Um, and then one day I was just like, this isn't attainable. And it's like this switch flipped and I gained like 60 pounds in four months. And I was binging uncontrollably every day, like, 
you know, working a crappy retail job, have no money. And here I am driving around, you know, hitting up the drive through in the bakery and just binging on all of these things on the way home and just so sick. Um, went through a period of binging and purging, was able to stop that. But obviously that was just so hard on my body, inflammation and bloating and fatigue. My low point though, was really after about a year of really intensively struggling with this. Um, I honestly was concerned that I was not going to hit 30. Like I just thought if I keep doing this, like the binges were so intensive, the over-exercise, my digestion was a nightmare. I was exhausted. And when you're 21, 22 years old, you think you'd just be like in your prime. Right. So I finished a binge and I always threw the food in the garbage and I thought, well, I need to figure out how I'm going to address this. So if this is the last time I do this, I'm just going to eat the rest of what I threw away. So I went into the kitchen in my little apartment, dug through my little blue garbage can, and I ate the rest of the cookies that were in there. And it just, it was just such a shameful moment because I thought I just ate out of the garbage. I'm in my early twenties. I'm alone. I'm unhappy. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm in this behavior that I have no clue how to get out of. Like, why is this happening? Um, but I needed that to happen because that was kind of what was going on for me was like, oh, the suffering's big, but who would I be if I didn't have my life revolved around food? And that was really scary to consider, you know, walking down a path where it wasn't my obsession every day, all day. Um, but that really pushed me to go, you know what, I need to figure this out. Um, obviously it's happening for a reason. And then I went through phases of first addressing physical. So like learning about food and how food was impacting my physical health, my digestion, how sugar was exciting the same part of my brain as heroin, you know, why gluten was making me bloated, why I had a dairy sensitivity. So really like the physical awareness of food and change in the way that I ate. And then when I still wanted to binge, I realized, wow, this is not just physical. This is emotional. I have this void. I don't love myself. I'm insecure in my body. I don't know how to cope with stress. Um, and so when I started to build a self-care routine and start to understand what was triggering me to emotionally eat and made a list and put it in every room in my apartment to remind me, I started to catch the triggers and started to, you know, do it less and go to meditation or breathing or tapping or some kind of, you know, self-care item that I had, you know, kind of fallen in love with to help me cope. And as I overcame the emotional eating, you know, every little step I was taking helped to fill the void. And I think that's where people go, oh, well, what's it going to take for me to love myself? Every tiny little step, whether it's drinking enough water that day or identifying a trigger or doing your self-care, mindful eating, like it all accumulates to the self-love. And when I started to gain freedom from the binge eating, my intuition lit up massively and it was scary in the beginning because it was like I can feel everything I can like see things I don't know if I can handle this and so there was this part of me that wanted to shove it back down and realize that's one of the reasons I was struggling with it was because I had this light in me that I was afraid to access and so then I learned how to manage my intuition and my energy and set boundaries up and you know clear energy and, and things like that. And it really helped me to feel safe, like starting to, you know, move more into that. And so as I went through that journey and healed my body on all levels, um, it really inspired me because people just started to ask, you're, you're speaking differently. You, your energy is different. Like you look more vibrant. What are you doing? And I started to share my story because I thought if I struggle with this to the depth that I did, how many other people, but women, you know, are really struggling with this, whether it's less severe, more severe, or the same as I. 
Um, and that's what really inspired me to start my business because people started asking questions and wanted to get help from me. And I really just was like, this is why I went through this and went through it all alone because obviously that was my, you know, what I signed up for in my soul contract to come here and assist people with this in this lifetime. So that's the journey that I went through. Um, and I don't regret a minute out of it because there was so many learnings that I wouldn't be here today doing this if, if none of it would have happened. That's such a beautiful place to be, to be able to look back at all of that and, and be grateful for the journey in some capacity. And, and because of it has allowed you this ability to be able to change so many other lives. And, and I think that that's where that's where that, that sixth line in your profile is the role model, right? So that, that first 30 years of your life, like I said, it, you, you would have operated as a 3-3. Three, three. So it's you're, you're constantly kind of banging up against a wall, pivot, bang up against a wall, pivot. But that sixth line, as you mature and over time, you really, and you will continue to throughout your lifetime, step into that role model phase where you really are taking everything that you've been through and sharing it with people and, and helping them. So it's absolutely a part of your soul's contract. And, and what's really interesting to me is that you have, you have this defined spleen, which is your intuition. Mm -hmm. So that spleen is there 24 seven for you, giving you reliable access to your intuition. And it's incredible because the spleen, we always say it whispers, right? It's just mm -hmm. gonna give you a little, hey, let's stop. And the spleen's main concern is your physical well being. So yeah. if you are getting sick, if you have that defined spleen and you're getting sick or you're going through something like like a binge eating disorder you're absolutely not listening to it to, you're silencing it within your being and and then you have a channel going from your defined root 58 up to your spleen which is 18 and that channel and i've never thought about it in this way before but it's all about the ability to see where things can be improved or be better right it's more and more and better mm -hmm. and better and sometimes that energy well it can be beautiful right because there are always things that you can improve and that's definitely a quality to be able to see where things can be better but it can almost rob you of where you are right now because you're so focused on where you're not and where you want to yeah. be and and it's just interesting seeing that in your chart and then you know hearing about your journey in that way of 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 the struggle that you went through and how you know you were never you were never enough for yourself in that, in that time. And it, where, wherever the intuition was speaking to you, it was quiet. You, there's no way you could even hear it. So I think it's amazing to hear about you being able to start to tap back in and just how powerful that was to be like, whoa, whoa, this is here. And it's been there all along. I just mm -hmm. silenced it. Like what a powerful place to get to. That must've been life-changing to be able to start hearing and connecting with that part of your body again. Oh, it was huge. And you know, the question that I always had is, well, what the heck from the very beginning, like shut this off within me or disconnected me from this because we're all born unconditionally loving ourselves. And so, you know, when I started to learn that we are conditioned, right, it's a very ego-based society. You're, you're told you should need to fit into a box and you have to have a certain body and it's very much external focus, I guess, based on the way you're raised, but that's, you know, what I observed through the content that I consumed growing up. And so it was just, very fascinating to me to connect into the environment, the conditioning, and then, you know, the food you're eating and how it shuts off your intuition and it calcifies your pineal gland. And then you don't have as much access through that aspect as well. And um, reconnecting with my intuition was huge because 
it really has helped me like navigate life. If I would have listened to my mental or my analytical instead of my intuition, you know, deciding if I wanted to pursue the loving relationship with the man I'm in now, if I would have listened to my head, it wouldn't have happened. And I would have missed out on this most beautiful, incredible soulmate relationship. If I wouldn't have listened to my intuition on, you know, getting into my business and just jumping off the cliff. Right. So it's, it's helped me access absolutely everything. Um, And not only that, but when you're tapped in the level of awareness you have with your body on a physical level as well is so powerful because you can feel when your adrenal glands are off and your hormones are a little bit out of whack. You can feel when your lymphatic system is a little bit sluggish. And when you have that kind of awareness, you, you know what you need to do to go in and correct and rebalance. And that's such a gift. And I try to teach that to my clients because when you're tuned in, you can take care of yourself. And yes, you can access other healthcare practitioners and other people, depending on what you're interested in healing and growing more in. But I think that that's just so powerful to be able to access that yourself because we're so everyone's so frazzled blindly going online and googling these symptoms and trying to diagnose themselves and oh I like there's so much information overload with food and like how do I overcome I just need more control with food with emotional eating and it's it just leaves us outside of ourselves rather than going inward and like building the connection the love this oasis within us where like that's ultimately where you're safe and where you have access to infinite knowledge, awareness, vibration, right? Absolutely. That is, that's your ticket to freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Is that connection that you have within yourself and building that, that love and that, that trust in yourself and that, that part of your being that's going to tell you that it's time to change and tell Mm -hmm. you what's going to be healthiest for you. And then really trusting that and moving with it. I I know someone who has struggled with um, binge eating. And I remember she said, you know, she couldn't stop. It was like a um, fast food, like just loving fast food. And she was saying to a friend, I really want to, I really want to stop. Like, I just want to stop. And her friend was like, okay, so stop. And she's like, it was in that moment that I knew I needed help because mm. I, every part of my being shrunk and, and, and like clenched up at the thought of like, stopping even though I wanted to my body was like no 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 no, we we can't we can't yeah so there's just that disconnect right there of the desire but then this routine that the body has built so yeah um, yeah I find it so fascinating and and I'm curious for you just this is this is a little more general but you know your your experience just as a manifester so your energy works in a really unique way as a manifester, right? You get these, you get these urges where you go, you have these bursts of energy and then you kind of slow down. You can rest and you, and you retreat. And, um, how do, how does that, how do you kind of manage your, your energy in that way now in work? And I'm also curious if that kind of those spurts of energy and having going out there and having the energy to do, and then resting, played any part in your disorder during that time because there's a, there's a really big conditioning for manifestors that you're taught to be like a generator right mm-hmm. go 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 be consistent you're not designed to be consistent in your energy so there's a lot of shame around that um that t- the time where you're resting where it's almost like you're being lazy you're not being productive just by honoring your energy so mm-hmm. i'm curious how you honor your energy now and also how that played a part how those urges and and kind of ebbs and flows played a part in your in your journey yeah and that's I'm so glad you bring that up because that is huge. Now it's a very easy to honor. 
I keep a very mindful, balanced schedule. And when I do feel those urges up, like I've just had another one kind of come up, I'm like, okay, this is perfect timing because I'm building, you know, my next online program. So I will honor. And then if it feels like I need to rest, well, I'm not dead set on, I have to have it done by this date or, you know, I, I trust my intuition and I also trust my body and that guidance. Self-care is a huge part of my daily. Like it's the first thing I do in the morning. I make space for it in the day, the evening, the weekends. It's really what I immerse myself in. I, I need to connect with myself. I want to be grounded. And of course, the more grounded I am, the easier I am connected. My channel is so open. Messages come through, content. Like it's just really where everything I have access to. And not only that, but I feel like my energy level stay nice and stable. If I get too much in that go, go, go energy, um, I, yeah, I can definitely feel um, things dropping a bit. I can feel my frequency dropping a bit. And then I notice I attract the odd, like kind of niggly weird thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know what? I should have listened to my intuition and not maybe taken that extra thing on right now. So it's always a good teacher, but definitely in the past, that was one of the things that was triggering my binge eating the most intensively was the go, go, go. Right. And also being conditioned, like you've got to like book your weekend fully and hang out with all your friends and say yes to everything. And so I'm stressed at the job that I just don't care for through the whole week. And then I'm overbooking myself through the weekends. And so if I was feeling vulnerable to binge through the week, if I hadn't done it already, guarantee you it was happening on the weekend because I was now with friends, I wasn't taking any time to do self-care. Um, you know, we're going and eating at restaurants or going to each other's houses and kind of all enabling each other and just eating all the junk food. Um, and so it definitely had a significant impact. And I noticed when I started to build the self-care routine and really slow down, um, it, it started to help. But I start, the big piece was realizing I'm already feeling these triggers. I'm already feeling like I'm on thin ice. So I'm not, I'm canceling all my plans this weekend. I need to be with myself and, and deal with this. So I don't fall back into the binge this weekend. So yeah, starting to set those boundaries and like honor that vulnerability was so important. And it's not, you're not weak. If you do that, it's recognizing the significant sabotage you could fall back into if you don't listen to it. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, we always say for manifestors, the rest period isn't about just disappearing and sitting on the couch and doing nothing. The resting is the time to be receiving. So mm -hmm. you're not taking time to rest. You're not taking time to be able to receive those, those messages and those downloads and manifestors are so deeply connected. You are the most connected of all energy types to, to source, to the universe, to God, whatever you want to call it. So if you're not taking time to rest for yourself, you're not creating space in your life to even receive those divine messages that are part of your soul's purpose to, to go and to move and to share with the world when you get those urges, right? It's all, yeah. it's all about just honoring that energy. And that's just so beautiful. And another part of your chart, you have an undefined, actually you have a completely open G center. So your G center is right in the center of your chart and it is your direction, it's identity, it's love. And so with that, with that undefined G center, you really have to surrender to not knowing exactly what's coming next in your path in life and really not attach yourself too much to one identity, you know, say in the low frequency in a relationship, you can really let that person become a part of your identity to the point where you're like, I don't know who I am without this person. Or maybe, you know, in college you played a sport and then that sport ends and you're like, ah, who am I if I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, Liz, the basketball player or whatever it is. So how, 
how do you resonate with just that flow in life? Because for, for me, I have an undefined G center and, and I find that that was a big part of my being that I felt a lot of shame around not having this, you know, really clear three or five year plan for life. Mm-hmm. And as the older you get that, that seems to be deemed irresponsible by society. So how, mm-hmm. how do you, how have you experienced that open G and how do you do with just kind of surrendering to letting life really flow and unfold for you? That was huge. So that's one of the things that actually caused such a toxic relationship in my early twenties was the, like this person that I was with, like completely, like just immersing myself in their world and completely losing my identity. So that definitely happened. And then after I healed my relationship with myself, I realized I had quite intensive attachment issues to circumstances, to people. Um, And so I did a lot of work on learning how to detach and let go of control and trust, trust the flow, be present. When I'm present, I'm in my power. I have right now, which is so powerful. And as I stepped more into that, the attachments, you know, have fallen away. I don't need control over anyone else. I'm not worried about the future. I think it's really what it allowed me to do is actually just deepen my connection with myself and know that the peace, the safety, everything I seek when I settle into myself, I just, I feel so good. And I'm not worried about like any external circumstance. I'm just like, wow, I'm here creating. I'm in my 5D bubble doing my thing. Right. And it feels so absolutely incredible when I notice myself starting to go, oh, but I really want like this to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to breathe. I trust the universe. If it's meant to be, it will be. If not, I know there's something else absolutely more incredible coming. Um, And it's been so beautiful to be in this relationship with my soulmate now and to celebrate each of us on our own unique paths and us as a unit, but not at all like feel attached or feel the need to like revolve myself in a certain way with him. And I think one of the best practices for me anyway, has been like, he has a business, I have a business and he started his after I started mine. And so this part of me being like, I want to help him so he can succeed sooner. And then I'm like, no, cause then I would deny him his learnings and experiences. And so like being able to catch that and like, if you need help, I'm here. Otherwise, like you're going to just do awesome. Like that was a huge growth experience. I just think things like that, or even clients, right? Like I'm here to share information and, and be a support at the end of the day, though, like the people who come and it's in alignment. Great. Not that's fine. In the beginning, I used to be like, so upset if people said no, right. It's just something over time that you heal, but yeah, I can definitely relate to those experiences but the more aligned I am in my energy the flow is a lot easier the better I manage my energy and and you know keep up with my hygiene routine with like clearing and meditation and the being I think is really important because if I get too much into the masculine Mm -hmm. that's then where I I feel that like well I've done all this so I expect I should see this you know at the end of it versus when I'm you know, balancing the masculine, but I'm allowing the being to lead me in more in the feminine. And I'm trusting. I just, it's, it's just this feeling you just trust, right? Like it's almost hard to put into words. It's just, I know I have this feeling in my heart. I'm holding my vision, my manifestation, but I'm detached from how, when, where, you know, what the outcome is going to be. And that feels so freeing and energizing. And you have adrenal fatigue. It's definitely great to like step more into your feminine and the being because your body needs the rest anyway, right. To like relax and calm your nervous system down. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, as a splenic authority, 
your intuition is meant to be making your decisions, right? So you really aren't meant to be moving. You're meant to be sitting in that feminine flow until something in you is like, go do that, you know, move here. And you really are meant to trust that. And your best decisions are made in the blink of an eye. And then you move and you're not as a manifester and as a splenic authority, both. It's like, there's nothing outside of yourself that you need to go and get you know, a second opinion from, Mm -hmm. is this right? It's like, boom, I got to trust this. I got to move. And I can imagine that could be a challenge sometimes for a partner, friends or parents, you know, because it's like, that's just it. I got to go with it. But it's also incredible to think of how much you weren't living in your power when you were disconnected from your authority. Like your authority Mm -hmm. is guiding you exactly where you're meant to go. Every, every moment to moment, it's going to tell you here, here, here. Yeah. And to not be in touch with that, I can just see how, how challenging that would have been in your experience. Yeah. And it's, I love that you bring that up because what's coming up is the um, concept of ignoring that or not knowing how to access it and then how it would manifest into physical symptoms for me. Right. So one example would be, you know, a fear of leaving a certain job because I need the paycheck back when I was working for other people. And then I sprained my ankle and it just wouldn't heal for like over a year. Right. And as soon as I left that job, boom, the pain goes away. Right. So situations like that where unnecessary suffering was created because I'm sitting in this, you know, my ego and my, my mindset, you know, making the decision instead of the intuition and honoring that sooner, Um, And so I think that's what happens for a lot of the women that come to me is they're in such resistance or fear. They're like, I know this is where I want to go and this is how I want to be and how I want to feel, but they're holding themselves back based off their conditioning and beliefs, you know, the programming. And so there, there's so much physical suffering and mental emotional suffering. Um, And then it's so powerful though, when they start to access that intuition again and, and honor it and, and take those steps, how they go, Oh my gosh, my chronic migraines are gone. Wow. Like I'm supposed to have PCOS and I no longer have any of the symptoms and my blood works normal. Like the power of healing the physical body, when we align it, it's just honestly makes me speechless because we're so conditioned that you're going to end up with permanent things and you won't be able to change it. And like I always say to people, the body's always trying to heal. It's just that we're somehow in the way. So miracles happen when we do this deeper work and and we do really allow and trust. Absolutely. I'm curious with your, your solar plexus is your emotional center. Mm -hmm. So you are undefined there, which means, you know, overall your state of emotion is pretty cool, calm and collected, but we're talking about the deep empath here, right? So do you have a practice in place now that, you know, you are working with so many women who are, you know, experiencing a a varying degree of, of emotions as they're going through this journey that you would be absorbing through your sessions and working with them? So do you have a kind of practice where you can really filter out what's yours and what's not and release it so that you're not carrying it around with you all day? Yes. Yes, definitely. So first thing in the morning, before I connect with my clients, I go through an energy protocol where I set up energetic boundaries. I have certain crystals in my office and and that I wear to support protection of energy. So I'm not taking theirs on and I'm not giving mine to them. 
um, and certain statements that I'll go through and I'll call in my guides and angels and, and get that protection as well, which I find really helpful. Um, I, I sage everything in the morning. And then when I complete, I check in and ask if I'm not, if I don't have clarity, I'll ask my pendulum, do I need to like clear anything again? If so, do I have to go through my statements? Do I need to sage again? Um, do I need to do some kind of a, a tapping, right? So I'll just kind of checking because I'll, if I feel something, I'll go in and clear it. And usually that does the trick for me, but that's a very, 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 very important um, because there's obviously, as you know, a lot of emotions and energetics being exchanged as we go through the day, but that I find really helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really important for any, anyone, uh, you know, to have a practice like that, just with that, with that undefined solar plexus, there's just, it can really throw the rest of your day off and it can mm. really throw your frequency off and, and your vibration. If you're not tapping into the awareness of what is mine and what's going on in my life, is there other things that are causing me to feel that, or, you know, is this belonging to somebody else? And so, especially for people who are exchanging energy constantly with people all day, that's really, really important. Another part of your chart that is special is your heart center, which is defined. So only about 30% of the population have this defined and the heart center is home to the ego and willpower and motivation. So, you know, with the defined heart, when you're operating at that high frequency in there, for you, it's when your heart is in something, you know, it's not a matter of, am I going to accomplish this? It's which way are we taking to get there? So I can imagine how shut down your heart would have been during that time period. But how do you find that now, say in business as you're creating and going through your journey of really like when your heart's in it, it's this motor that kicks in that you can just get it done. And it's, it's, uh, it's a will to work. It's a, it's a desire to want things from the material world too, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of the defined heart is, is making friends with the fact that I want a really successful business that makes yeah. a lot of money and not feeling any shame around that or making it mean anything, you know? So how do you, how do you experience that? Cause it's a beautiful extra motor to, to have. Um, and, and I, and I also find with that defined heart, you can really, I work with, you know, people that obviously have both and, and with that defined heart, I find very often people can really stay in their lane and, and see how other people are achieving success and not make it mean anything about mm -hmm. them, which I think is probably the hugest gift of this. If you're operating in that high frequency, yeah. but how do you experience that in your business? That's so resonant. So for me, from the beginning, I just had this knowing and belief of like, cause it, you know, I'd always hear like, oh, you're, it's going to take you at least five years to be able to do this full time and like find the clients and evolve your business and, you know, be able to do it on your own. And I was like, no, I know within a year I'm going to be good to go. And I, I did, it's just like me being in my lane, people are like, well, why don't you see what other people are doing? And I was like, I have no desire good for them, but I know what I'm doing and I know what I have to offer. And I'm just going to focus on that. And so I'm very grateful that I did because my business grew quite quickly um, and allowed me to, you know, hire a team and, and get into things that, um, you know, just colleagues and other people were really struggling with after a year. So um, definitely that drive, like, I don't, I don't even need to think about motivating myself once I get an idea or want to put out a program or whatever it is. I just connect to it. Here are the pieces. I know the content or the downloads will come as they need to, um, but it's very easy to complete things. I, I never leave things undone. It's just, 
I don't need the motivation or the, the procrastination is just not a part of it. So um, I know I will achieve what I want, you know, because you hear people say, well, I mean, you're, you coach people on this, but you're not a business coach. You're not this kind of coach. So I'm sure there will be a cap to like what you can charge your clients. And I'm going, well, why would that matter if I'm providing life-changing, you know, support and I'm constantly working on myself and then, you know, that helps them more. Why would I worry about that? Right. So it is, it's, I've got big goals and intentions. You know, I want to help over a hundred million women worldwide gain food and body freedom and reconnect with their souls. And I know that that's, you know, what I'm going to create. I don't know exactly what that path looks like, but I'm totally open to it. Right. So I so resonate with that and it lights me up, right? Like when you're in your passion and you're just here doing what you've signed up to do, it doesn't feel like work. None of it, even doing little things, you know, that I'm like, well, I, I have to do this because it's, you know, part that no one else has my brain. So, you know, there's no resistance. It's just like, this it just comes out like I'm sure you can resonate where it's just it's hard to explain but it just comes out <laughs> yeah and it's so funny hearing you say like you know I don't know how I'm gonna get there okay that's a the surrender piece but also that undefined g of like oh, no, oh yeah. I don't get there but also you're a specific manifester so it's like I'm helping this many people and this is what I'm doing you know yeah. so I love that just <laughs> all it's all in alignment with your chart um, another thing I want to touch on, and this is just, you know, in, in very general in your experience, but your strategy as a manifestor is to inform. Mm -hmm. So this is where manifestors can get really, you're not self-deem as anger. So when you go to do something, you get an urge and you want to do something and you don't inform people that it may affect, whether that's your, whether that's your soulmate, whether that's your, your parents or your friends or clients, you know, coworkers, whatever, how do you experience that kind of pushback? Um, when you maybe haven't informed in the past and, uh, how do you, you know, how has communication become, uh, or played a role in your being able to really grow your business and not just your business, grow your relationships in life. And, uh, because that I think is for manifestors, one of the most important, if not, if not the most important skill to learn is communication mm. in order to be able to inform gracefully and be able to go ahead and live in alignment. And we always say informing isn't asking permission. Mm -hmm. It's just literally letting them know this is what I'm going to do um, so that you're not getting pushback or, or feeling like people are trying to put you in a box and tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And this, this is so important for me. I used to be so unaccountable and irresponsible with it when I was struggling with my food addiction and everything. And, um, it's something that I really stepped into when I started my business. I hired a business coach and, um, my dad's like, Oh, who's this person you're working with? And I was like, Oh, this person, he's like, how much did it cost? And I'm like, Oh, here we go. But then I'm like, no, you know what? I'm an adult. I make this money. I'm putting this in. And I told him and he freaked out and I'm like, it's okay. Like, I didn't ask you if I could do it or not. Like I've already signed up and paid the money. And like, here we are. Right. So, um, you're right. I it's letting go of like the, them to be okay with it and not have some kind of response and just let them respond the way that they're going to and trust that, that if, if this is what feels in alignment for me, I am going to do it. I do have a very open communication with my partner and we're very open and it's great because where I invest a lot of things in my business, he invests a lot of things in car parts. So it's like, there's that super even alignment and we're all very open about money and like very open to being vulnerable with each other because our relationship has grown so deeply because of that open dialogue, um, which I think is just such a vital part of any relationship. Um, so I think that that is something that I've definitely worked on growing. I definitely used to be very cautious and like, ah, oh, 
how's this person going to feel when I tell them I did this or I'm going to do this, right? Um, so it feels good to very much be in my power with it now. Um, I think that having those boundaries is also really important to know that like, I can't control how someone else is going to feel and that's okay. I may trigger something in them and that's their stuff and I don't have to fix that, Yeah. right? It's very re re relieving. Yeah, that is it's such an important lesson to learn as a manifester mm -hmm. because there is a people pleasing conditioning that you guys have. And there's this tendency to really play small in order to be liked by other people yeah. rather than, you know, I get that you might not get it, but I trust myself and that's all I need to move. And that is the absolute best place to be. So I think that's so, so beautiful. And just to get to that place in your, in your journey. Definitely. For anyone who is currently struggling um you know maybe they aren't sure if what they're doing is considered binging or they're not sure if it's healthy or not or maybe they're at the point where they're ready to ask for help like what are some what's some advice that you have for for women who maybe haven't reached out yet or aren't even sure if they're you know if this is a disorder or or not yeah, yeah. so first of all try your best to have compassion for yourself you know try not to sit in shame and embarrassment because it is a very, you know, in-depth, complex experience and behavior. It's not because you don't have willpower, you need to try harder. There's so many layers to emotional eating on all five planes, right? Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I would say that if you're resisting reaching out for help because you're going to judge yourself as weak, it's actually the complete opposite of that. Reaching out is strength, is showing you that glimmer of self-love that just wants to like fill your whole body, that, that true, that knows you, you deserve to overcome this and have the freedom and live your best life. Um, and so definitely be willing to put that judgment of weakness aside and, and take a step forward and connect with someone who's resonant. If you feel, you know, like, and desire that help is really going to be what you need, if you're wondering if you're struggling with emotional eating, one thing that I always identify emotional eating as is any reason for eating other than physical nourishment. So it's not just eating when you're sad or eating when you're angry, like emotions, of course, play a huge role, but boredom, dehydration, fatigue, because when you're tired, you go into an I don't care mentality, um, perfectionism, people pleasing are triggers all or nothing mentalities. Um, you know, there's so many different things that are emotional eating triggers. And so it's to recognize that there's physical symptoms, mindset pieces, behaviors. Um, and so it's not just as, you know, cut and dry as well. I'm not, I don't eat when I'm sad, so I must not emotionally eat. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can start to ask yourself a good awareness is before you go into the cupboard or before you eat that, whatever it is, you can take a step back and ask yourself, is this physical hunger? Am I actually physically hungry? Do I have a hunger signal? Is my stomach growling? Have I not eaten for a few hours? Is my blood sugar dropping and I'm getting dizzy or lightheaded, right? Likely then yes, I should physically nourish my body. However, if I know I just ate and this is my pattern, when I get on my laptop and get into my work, I snack, maybe I need to, you know, take a step back and ask myself, well, why, what is this really about? What is this emotional hunger that's going on for me? And that's a great awareness builder to start with, because a lot of women realize, wow, 90% of the time I am leading with emotional hunger, I'm not even really hungry and, or 
I'm using it to suppress or, you know, numb or distract in some way. So that's a great place to start awareness and even start a journal and keeping track of your triggers to start to see like the extent that of triggers and where they can be coming from and that it is a journey and it takes time. And as you know, and encourage, like take the time you need on your journey. There's no end, right? You will get there. You'll gain the full healing but we don't want to deny ourselves of all the learnings if we try to push or rush it. Yeah. Oh, that's so well said, Amber. This has been really, really insightful and really educational. And I appreciate you coming on here and just being really vulnerable and open and honest with your journey and just sharing, you know, sharing what you've learned. I think this is going to be a beautiful conversation for many women to listen to. So before we sign off, let us know, you know, how can, how can people find you and how can people work with you? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun. Um, so if anyone's curious to connect, my website is amberapproved.ca. I have a free emotional eating quiz there you can take as well. If you do want to connect to talk about considering one-on-one coaching, I have a 30 minute call you can schedule and book in for there as well. As well, of course, you can learn a lot more about body freedom in my journey. Um, I have my podcast called the No Sugar Coding Podcast, and that's available on all apps for podcasts and my website. And then I'm on Instagram and my handle is my name, Amber Romaniuk, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. Amazing. We'll put all that in the show notes as well. So people can click to find you. Thank you. This has been such a a lovely conversation and um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So I will talk to you soon. We'll see you on your podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to have you on. Bye Amber. Align by design.